this message series that I'm doing right now, A Walk with Jesus, is going to be something that's going to continue on through Easter till the week after Easter. And last week, remember, we talked about what does a walk with God look like? And one of the things that we learned from that is that God's purpose, God's goal is for all mankind to walk with him, right? He started walking with this creation first thing in the garden. And even though sin came into the world, he immediately put a redemption plan in place so that he could continue to walk with us. Our God is waiting to walk with you. Today, I want to take that next step. And I want to show you what that looks like. If Jesus were walking on the earth today, this is what a walk with Jesus would look like. And that's where my focus is today. And I can tell you this, it's not just a stroll through the garden. So would you stand with me out of respect for God's word? And I am going to read from the book of Luke, Luke chapter 9, and I'm going to read verses 23 and verses 24. Jesus is talking here. Then he said to them all, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will save it. This is God's word for God's people. Let's pray together. Father, I want to continue to walk with you. So teach me what that's supposed to look like in my life. And then remind me, all I have to do is follow your lead. And it's in Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. So my prayer for you this morning is this, is that this message that God has for you and for me would be a message not that inspires you, but it would be a message that brings about a transformation. You see, every time we gather together as a body of believers and we praise and we worship, the praise and the worship prepares us to receive what God has for us. And you know what? God's desire then is for us to use that so that our lives can be transformed and we can be used to transform others. All right, here we go. The Gospel of Luke. Remember who wrote it? Luke did, right? Do you remember what Luke's occupation was? He was a physician. So the very first thing that I want to do today is I want to ask you the question, why did Luke write the Gospel of Luke? And you know what? You don't have to know the answer because Luke tells us in the very first chapter of Luke, okay? Let's go there and look at it for a moment, okay? This is what he writes. Many have undertaken to draw up an account of the things that have been fulfilled among us, just as they were handed down to us by those who were from the first, were eyewitnesses and servants of the word. With this in mind, since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I too decided to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, so that you may know the certainty of the things you have been taught. So here we have a man who's a physician and he pays specific attention to details. He goes to get his account from eye 
eyewitnesses. That's why when you read the book of Luke, you know all the details from Mary as to the birth of Jesus because Luke got it directly from Mary. And so Luke is telling us, I went to all of these people and I asked them, tell me what happened. And this is why I did this. So you would know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you would know for certain everything that I have written in this book. Now, I don't know about you, but that gives me comfort. And here's what Luke is saying. You don't have to doubt, because I heard it directly from the people who witnessed it. Now, what you heard me read just a little bit ago was something to this. And Jesus said this, and here's what he says. He says, if you want to gain your life, if you want to save your life, you have to be willing to lose it. And then he tells us what that looks like. Here's what it is. It begins with the worth you and I assign to others. Now, I want you to hear this loud and clear, okay? If you want to know what it looks like to follow Jesus as his disciple, it begins with the worth, the value you and I assign to others. Are you hungry? Anybody in here hungry? Maybe if somebody says, man, I just had breakfast and it was really good. Well, we're going to go to a dinner here for a second, okay? We're going to go to a banquet. Jesus is going and he's invited us to join him, Okay? And so we're going to the banquet because Jesus has some very important things that he wants to teach. In fact, everything Jesus did was for the purpose of teaching. But what he wants us to see today is, so what is it supposed to look like if we're a follower of Jesus? Let's pick up the story here, okay? On the Sabbath. When did it happen? On the Sabbath. When Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. There in front of him was a man suffering from abnormal swelling in his body. Jesus asked the Pharisees and experts in the law, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. So taking hold of the man, he healed him and sent him on his way. Then he asked them, if one of you has a child or an ox that falls into the well on the Sabbath day, will you not immediately pull it out? And they had nothing to say. So let's review a little bit about what's going on here. We're going to a banquet, we're going to a feast, and it's not just a banquet or a feast in anybody's house. It's one of the most prominent Pharisees in the leadership of the Sanhedrin. And what you need to understand is the only way, the only way you get to go to a banquet like this is that you have to be invited. Now do you remember what the Bible said It said in there that while they were at this banquet, the people, the Pharisees were what? The Pharisees were watching Jesus. Why why would they be watching him? Well, let me explain to you what I mean. Um, A friend of mine who was the head of Canacuck Ministries, some of you have heard that before, his name is Joe White. And Joe is just, he's an incredible speaker. If you ever went to Promise Keepers, you heard Joe speak. He's a man's man. Well, I remember that Joe had this dog. It was a black lab. 
And what he would do is he would use this black lab all the time for sermon illustrations. So you know what? So here's all of these high school kids, and they're all sitting around the campfire, and he brings his dog out there, and he pulls out this hot dog that's this long. It's a raw hot dog, but it's this long, and it's probably about this big around. He brings his lab up, and he tells him to sit, and he sticks one end of the hot dog in the lab's mouth. The lab doesn't bite down too hard, and he does not eat it. So here's this black lab with a hot dog hanging down out of his mouth. You can see the saliva dripping from his mouth, okay? So Joe then goes on to tell the kids, that dog will not take his eyes off me because he knows I'm going to give him a signal. You guys don't know what the signal is, but I'm going to give that And when I give him that signal, that hot dog's going to be gone like this. Then he says, I encourage you, all of you kids, to do whatever you want to do except touch him to try and distract him. Oh, the kids were whooping and hollering, screaming, and all that kind of stuff, and this dog is like this. I mean, everywhere Joe went, man, that dog, the saliva just dripping, and he's just looking. And then Joe looks at him, and he goes like this, and boom, that hot dog's gone. Now, I tell you that because that's what the word watch means in this story. They were watching every move Jesus made. Why do you think that is? Because they wanted to trap him in doing something wrong. Now, you need to understand one of the rules. And one of the rules that that scripture passage told us was this. It was unlawful to heal on the Sabbath. And this was the Sabbath day, right? But there's something else you need to know. There was a very sick man at that banquet, wasn't there? Remember what his problem was? Your Bible may say that he had dropsy. Dropsy is a very painful type of ailment where the limbs on your body swell to the point where you feel like your skin is going to burst. And he's at this party. Now, do you remember what I told you before? The only way you get to this party, this banquet, is that you have to be invited. Do you understand what's happening here? The man is a plant. He's bait. He's just a piece of meat that the Pharisees are using so that they can trap Jesus. And Jesus knows it. So what does Jesus do? He stands up in the party and he says, excuse me, is it unlawful to heal on the Sabbath? And nobody says a word. Jesus then calls this man over to him. Now, I don't know if this is what Jesus would have said to him, but I think this is probably what he would have said because of knowing who Jesus is and what he's like. Hey, buddy, listen. I'm so sorry you had to go through this. These guys, don't worry about them. Their opinions don't matter. But I also want you to know that your heavenly Father has watched you every single day as you have worked and gone through this disease. And look at me, I want you to understand something, buddy. 
My father gave it to you because he knew he could trust you with it. You see, my father gave it to you so that he could get the glory. Here's what I want you to know. I'm going to heal you. I'm going to heal you, and then you're going to go home. But I want to tell you something. Two things. Number one, the reward that my father has for you because of what you have gone through in this life are great because you allowed me to shine my glory through you. Now go enjoy the rest of your life. And the man left and he was gone. Now Jesus turns his eyes back to the Pharisees. Can you just feel the tension in the room? Somebody's gotta be thinking, somebody say something. Now what I want you to simply understand here is there is a very important lesson that Jesus wants you and I to know. And it has everything to do with what we're doing here this morning and why we gather together. And here's the message that Jesus wants us to know. The worth God puts on human life. You have no idea. You have no idea of how much God loves man. You have no idea how much God loves you. And you have no idea how much God loves every person in this world. Every life to God is valuable. So I want you just to look around. Maybe there's somebody here that you wouldn't associate with. Maybe there's people here in a wheelchair or people that maybe don't talk or think like you do. It does not matter to Jesus. Every life has great value. And Jesus is telling us, you know how people will know? You know how people will know that you're a follower of me? By the way you treat one another. Okay, so can we pause just for a second there? And I want you to get up, and I want you to go find somebody you don't know, and I want you just to welcome them. Do that now. Okay, you did good. <clears throat> we have a young man right over here who's in a wheelchair, and I get a chance to greet him often. This is a man of God over here. If you get a chance, you make sure you say hi to him before you leave. 
All right, now I wanna, I wanna sidestep this a little bit, okay? And I wanna come over because I wanna show you something else that Jesus said now, okay? We're gonna get back to the meal in a second, so don't worry, you're gonna get fed, okay? As the time approached for him to be taken up to heaven, Jesus resolutely set out for Jerusalem. All right, now I want you to understand what's happening here. So Jesus now is in a place where he understands that the reason why he came, which is the cross, is near at hand. And the Bible says he turns his face, he turns his resolute towards Jerusalem because he will not be denied and no one is going to keep him from doing what his father sent him to do. And what did his father send him to do? To die on the cross for your sin and mine. That's the love that he has for human life. During this time, Jesus no longer goes certain places because they're trying to kill him. And he spends his time with certain people. The reason he wants to drive home, this is what it looks like if you are a follower of mine. Watch this. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, Jesus always told stories to get a point across, I will follow follow you wherever you go, Jesus replied. Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service of kingdom of God. All right, so here we have three individuals that have been invited by Jesus to follow him, and all of them come up with an excuse. And this is what Jesus wants us to know. If you're going to follow me, you have to let go of the past and embrace your identity, and it will involve sacrifice. You see, my friends, if you're going to follow Jesus, your agenda now becomes his agenda. Your calendar becomes his calendar. And each and every morning when you wake up, my hope, my prayer for you is that this is how you would pray. Lord, I've got my calendar. Here it is. I make my plans, but you order my steps. And however you're going to do it, Father, use it in a way so that my light will shine and it will impact other people. You see, this is what Jesus is saying. If you're going to be a follower of Jesus, this is what you have to remember. People matter to God. And if people matter to God, they better matter to you. All right, let's go back to the dinner. There's a problem. And the problem is with the seating chart. Let's see what I mean. Take a look at this. Jesus says, when he noticed how the guests picked the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. All right, so I want you to understand what's happening, okay? So Jesus now, he's healed the man and he's left, but now he's noticed something. And here's what he's noticed. That when the Pharisees come in, you know what they're doing? They are looking for places of honor to sit. And Jesus has a problem with this. You know why? Because it's another way Pharisees or certain individuals demonstrate what they believe is their value over other people. And he doesn't like it. And so Jesus gives them a piece of advice. Watch this. 
Then Jesus said to the host, now remember, this is the Pharisee of the Pharisees. When you give a luncheon or dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back and so you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. All right, now, you need to understand something. This made every Pharisee furious. I mean, there's a bunch of red faces in the crowd right now. But you need to understand why. Here's the reason. Anything malformed or infected was considered by Pharisees to be unable to reflect the holiness of God. So when Jesus is telling them, these are the people that you should invite in, this was a slap in the face with them. And here's why. Because the Pharisees believed that their homes were an extension of the temple. And so whatever religious observances were to take place at the temple also had to take place in their home. And so when Jesus says, you should invite all the people who are outcasts, it's like Jesus walked right up to him and slapped him right in the face. Oh, it's tense. Now, here's what I want you to understand. Jesus has no problem with titles. You know why? Because Jesus sees titles as an opportunity to serve. Think about that. If you have the title of pastor, if you have the title of CEO, if you have the title of chief, whatever your title is, Jesus does not have a problem with that. If you use that as an opportunity to serve. All right, now, it's at this point in the banquet when somebody's hoping that they would yell, hey, Jesus, how about them chiefs? You know what I mean? All right, now watch what happens. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. And Jesus replied, a certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first one said, I've just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I, got, I just got married so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to the master. Then the owner of the house became angry and he ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets, the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done but there is still room then the master told the servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. All right, let's bring this whole thing home now. This parable that Jesus is talking about, we all know that he's referring to the banquet, the feast that will take place in heaven one day, right? That's what he's referring to. He's saying the kingdom of God will be like a great feast, a great banquet that you will be invited to. All right, now here's what I want you to understand. This is the main point of what this story is about. Listen very carefully. 
The main point of this story is about how the master turned his anger into grace. I must say that again. This is about how the master turned his anger into grace. What happened? Everybody got invited, right? When those that were invited decided not to come, they opened the guest list to everyone. What's God's wish? God's wish is that all man would be saved. Open it up to everyone. Now, the Pharisees have a problem. You know why? Because they know they're not on the list. They knew it. They knew when Jesus was talking about them. And so the question I hope that you and I ask is this. So who is on the list? You know who's on the list according to Jesus? Widows, orphans, aliens, the poor, the prisoners, those who are infected with diseases, and those who are religious outcasts. Those are the people that are on the list. My dear friends in Christ, I want to close with this. After Jesus died on the cross and was risen from the dead and he ascended into heaven, Christianity exploded. People started coming to become a part of followers of Jesus left and right. But do you know why? Here's why. They wanted to become a follower of Christ because of the way the followers of Christ treated the sick, those who were outcast, those that no one would accept. Christianity grew because followers of Jesus, the way they treated those in the world who nobody else would even take the time to talk to. So here's my question for us. Do people follow Jesus here at Central Community because of the way we treat each other? Do you remember what Jesus said? This is how you will know. This is how the world will know that you are my disciples, by the way you what? Love one another. Remember what Gandhi said? I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. In these next several weeks, and even today, God has brought people into our midst that are looking and searching and seeking him. It's not gonna be me. It's not gonna be Dave, Pastor David or whoever's up leading. You know who it's gonna be that's gonna bring them back? you. They may not agree with what I say. They may not like the way I look or the way I preach, but one thing they can never deny, and that's the love of an unconditional God. Proximity to Christ doesn't gear proximity in Christ. Judas followed Jesus all his life. And guess what? 
he never became a follower of Jesus. Following Jesus doesn't mean you just tag along behind him and associate with the crowd. No, following Jesus means you become like him. And my prayer is this for all of us today, is that in these next several weeks, as people come from all over the place, that before we come into this room, that we're praying, God, I know my wife and I just had an argument. I know I just got mad at my kids and I just dropped them off at children's ministry and I'm so glad they're there. (laughs) But my heart's not right. And so I need you to get it right. God, who are you going to put in my path today, this morning, when I walk in, who am I gonna sit next to? Who am I gonna walk by when I leave that you need me to be Jesus to. There are people in here who are hanging on to life by a thread. There are people in here who look forward to tomorrow and they have no hope. You know what's gonna bring them back? That they see people love each other because of the way Jesus loves them. You think we could do that? I think we could. And I think we could change a world if we would. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I love you. It is a hard message. It's a hard message because it makes us look inside. And Father, there are times in my life where I've been so about my own world. This is Bob's world, and Bob's in the center. No, that's not true. This is your world, and I get to be a part of it. Lord, you've made it very clear to me in your word that you partner with your people. And God, I want to be one of those that you partner with. So Lord, whoever you put me in front of, I'm going to say hi to them. I'm going to acknowledge that they are there, and I'm going to love on them and thank them for coming and ask them if there's any way I can pray for them. And in so doing, together, we're going to change a world. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Would you please stand? I want to give you the benediction. I want to remind you too, remember, if you have those, if you have the surveys, and make sure you turn that in to one of our ushers who is standing at the doors and our church council members at the back. If you have questions, please go to them. I also want to just remind you that we've got the starting point over here. And if there's anybody here, if you have questions about this relationship with Jesus, remember, we're not into religion. We're into relationship, right? That's what we want to do. Receive the benediction of our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace and his strength and his joy. Go and serve the Lord. God bless you. We'll see you next week on Palm Sunday.